Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. As we uh, open up our lesson today, it's uh, in Genesis 12 through Genesis 17. It's the Torah study. It's the third one in the yearly cycle of Torah studies. And this uh, introduces us to the life of Abraham. Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's all praise the Lord. Amen. And uh, so as we get into this study, I want us to, uh, I wanted to entitle this, Abraham, Israel, and Your Divine Destiny. How many of you thank the Lord today that you have a divine destiny? Amen. You're not an accident. It's not a coincidence. Life is just not chance. It's not random. It's not by fate. Uh, you have a divine destiny. And when we study the life of Abraham, we learn some lessons about that. And so as we get into that today, uh, let me begin uh, by uh, sharing with you a, uh, uh, a neat thought from Mark Twain. Remember him, Mark Twain, Samuel Clemens? He said that the two most important days of your life are number one, when you were born, your birthday. Anybody got a birthday this month? Happy birthday to you. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> and number two, the day you find out why you were born. And the, the day you find out why really begins the day you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. From that day forward, you are a new creation, all things change, and you have unlimited possibilities. It's just you need to learn the divine principles, and you, learn to, uh, you need to learn to do it God's way. My ways are not your ways, saith the Lord. My thoughts are not your thoughts, saith the Lord. And so we need to unlearn some things. We'll get into this. And we need to relearn some things. And especially learning about how to live by faith. Abraham is the father of faith. And one of the great scriptures about Abraham in the New Testament, in Romans chapter 4, Abraham was fully persuaded that everything God had promised would come to pass. And so there's a lifelong journey of building up yourself in your most holy faith, learning all the divine principles on how to be strong in the Lord. And in His mighty power, and how to activate the promises of God. I just don't want to hear about it all. I want to experience it all. How many of you want more of the abundant life? Amen? And so, hopefully today will help. Obviously, we can't do a, a series on this, but you could do a series on this. So, Abraham uh, found out 
or began to find out why he was born when God came to him in Genesis 1. And uh, it says, the scripture says, God said to Abram, Go out from your country, from your birthplace, from the home of your father, to the land which I will show you. And then it goes on from there. So Abraham, Abram at that time, God was going to do a, a transforming work in his life. He's doing a transforming work in your life. Amen. And some of that means learning how to leave some of your past behind. And we'll get into that. But when God called Abraham to leave his home for destination unknown, uh, it was a calling that represented the very first spiritual and physical aliyah in the Bible. This aliyah is return. God was bringing Abraham out of a foreign country into the kingdom of heaven represented by Israel. And that was an aliyah, a spiritual aliyah in his heart. God was doing something in his heart. And also, physically, he was taking him from one geographic location to another. And so, the Lord's leading him to a place where he and his family can experience the best spiritual environment possible. Maybe that's why God has led you to new beginnings. There are some happy places <laughs> for your life. And one of the chief happy places, not uh, Jim Carrey's Dumb and Dumber happy place, but there's a spiritual happy place where there's revelation, there's teaching, there's knowledge, there's counsel, there's insight from the Word of the living God that will transform your life and you will be taken out of that place that was haunting you from your past into a divine destiny for your future. Amen. Amen. It's true. When you begin to make aliyah in your heart, and in this case, when you begin to make spiritual aliyah in your heart to learn to study the Bible through the eyes of a Jewish Jesus, things will improve. Amen. Things will change because you will begin to understand things that were written by the Hebrews, by the Jews that got lost in translation. Amen. And those things can uh, richly reward you. When you begin to honor the Jewish roots of Christianity, that's a game changer. Amen? When you begin to stand with Israel and realize that standing with Israel is the godly position. Amen? <laughs> Amen? All of a sudden, you begin to have a heart for your ancestry. For the origins of your faith. How did it all begin? It began with Abraham. And it began with a journey from a foreign country into the promised land. The land of Israel. And God is saying, what Abraham did, we need to learn to do. 
And as we do that, that's where a foundation can be formed. A spiritual foundation that leads to life and blessing. Now how can I say that? Because the very first promise God made to Abraham in Genesis 12, 3 is, I will bless those who bless you. I will bless those who bless you, O Israel. Abraham's the first Jew. Abraham is uh, the first one to set foot on the promised land. And God gave him that land for he and all his descendants. You and I, according to Galatians 3, are descendants of Abraham. And we're entitled to receive the blessings of Abraham, Galatians 3 talks about. And we do that by repeating some of the lessons, learning some of the lessons that Abraham learned, and then activate those with faith. Amen? So God's showing us this is where things start. I'll bless those that bless Israel. If you want to get your Christianity, if you want to get your faith in God on solid, strong footing, be a blessing to Israel. And there will be things and you can't figure it all out. You can't hire an accountant. You can't get an attorney. You can't watch enough seminars uh, to figure out all the ways that God can move in your life miraculously. A lot of it you just have to... God said it. That settles it. No debate. Amen. So we start with this revelation that Christianity is Jewish. Amen. Yikes! <laughs> right? Christianity springs out of the soil of Judaism. Amen. Amen. That's the revelation. And you start with that revelation, then you learn to love and honor and respect that heritage. And then you look for ways to bless and support Israel. Uh, All of a sudden it becomes a game changer. How many of you are here today that have got the revelation that God loves Israel? He's not done with Israel. He, He is still blessing those that bless Israel. I see that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. Amen. It's one of the most underappreciated revelations in the entire Bible. But if you'll grow in this and gravitate towards it, I promise you that God's Word is true. Amen. Amen. And He will bless those who bless Israel. Praise God. So there's lesson one. Bless Israel. Right? Now, uh, in this section of Torah study, uh, there's a teaching here that Abraham's calling is a divine revelation. It's a divine calling. And from the very beginning, it becomes clear that God is telling Abraham that if you want to become a great nation, if you want to fulfill your divine destiny then uh, you're going to need to cut the umbilical cord to some of the things from your past. You're going to need to figure out in your own unique way, how do I disconnect myself 
from all the things that uh, I learned in my past. Now, some things are good things, but many things aren't so good. (laughs) And uh, you have to sort that out with the help of the Word, with the help of the Spirit of God. You sort those things out. What are your values? What are your opinions? What are your beliefs? How do you roll in life? Right? And so, is some of that godly? Yeah. Is some of that not so godly? Yeah. So I'm sorting that out because if I don't sort it out, it's going to stunt my spiritual growth. And so, for Abraham to fulfill his divine mission, God told him he's going to have to leave some things. Leave it behind. Going to have to leave your land your birthplace. You're even going to have to leave your father's house if you want to free yourself from the constraints that come from peer pressure. Right? And how many of you have found this to be true in your own life once you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Right? Okay, I know some of you were angels before Christ. But in leaving the past behind, uh, God is asking Abraham to make some new decisions based on what heaven wants. Not based on what my culture wants. Not based on what my people want. My people now are God's people. I've been born again. I'm now a citizen of heaven, the Bible says. Who is my mother? Who is my father? Those that do the will of God, Jesus said. So we begin to learn these things. And then it helps us to reprioritize who has the greatest influence in your life. Some of us are still operating under influences that are not from God. They might be well-intentioned. It might still seem to pencil out for you. But if things are, uh, if, if you're the kind that takes one step forward and three steps back, when you hear a message on joy, you have all the reasons why to stay depressed. If you hear a message on prosperity, you rehearse all the reasons why it don't work. If, if you hear a message on healing, you say, well, it may work for them, but it didn't work for so-and-so, so it probably won't work for me. And it's those kind of objections, that kind of belief system that is going to stunt your Christian growth. So God says to Abraham, God says to you and I, let's leave some things behind and let's get back to the origins of things the way God wants it done and start from there. All right? And so this is why they say destiny is not a matter of chance. It's a matter of choice. Destiny is not a matter of chance. God doesn't roll dice over your life and hope it all works out for you. But he does expect us to make the right choices. Well, what are those right choices? There's a thousand and one choices you have to make probably by the end of the week. 
I need to be led by the Holy Ghost. I need to be led by the divine principles in God's Word. God, show me how to apply the right principle, how to rightly divide the principle, the promise in the Word of God, and rightly apply it to this situation or that situation. Whether it's your family, your finances, your health, your job, your career, your ministry, whatever. Amen. When Abraham was called by God, you could say he got a rhema word. Who's ever heard of that rhema word? A rhema word from the Lord. When he got that rhema word for the Lord to leave your country, leave your people behind, he responded with a series of choices. And God opened the eyes of his understanding. So that he could see the hope of his calling. Amen. And God wants to do that for all of us. In fact, he is doing that for all of us. So don't put back on the blinders of worldly thinking. Don't put back on the blinders of thinking some news outlet can tell you the way life should be for you. You don't check a news outlet. You check the Word of God and then you line that up with your heart, with your thinking, with the way you view life and say, yeah, I know that's what all... Truth doesn't require a majority. And God is saying there's truth out there that I need for you to put in your heart and stop listening to all the wrong voices so you stop making all the wrong choices. Amen? So destiny is a matter of choice. And Abraham, when he got this rhema word, started making godly choices. Abraham uh, had to respond in so many different ways, but it brought him a new beginning. And when you begin to respond to the word of God in faith, that's where your miracle is. That's where your new beginning is. You see a promise. You're faced with a challenge. What does God's word say about that challenge? What is the promise that he makes? If if you need a miracle healing, then you need to find as many scriptures in the word of God that have to do with divine healing, and you need to read those things and meditate on those things and let those things get into your heart, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit will begin to speak to you about what you should be doing in that matter. And that's when fear is driven out. That's how disease is driven out. That's how victory is won, is when you meditate on the Word of God and you don't turn to the left and you don't turn to the right, but you focus on the things of God and you press in. And if it doesn't happen by 5 o'clock, you don't give up. Well, it didn't happen last week, so I quit. Quitters never win and winners never quit. So, here's the thing, is that a lot of this is unknown. It says so in the scripture there, right? In Genesis 12.1, it says, To the land which I will show you. Implying that he didn't tell everything up front to Abraham. And this confuses people a lot. And that leads to paralysis by analysis. 
if you can figure everything out in advance, you know, uh, then uh, you're a better man than me. Because God doesn't show us everything up front. I will show you things to come. Meaning there's a progressive nature to all of this. And so God wants to show you some things to come. Amen? Praise God. And He does that with a rhema word. Amen? But now we just need to walk it out. We need to just walk some things. Some things take time. Uh, for it, a lot of times, uh, people come in with major, major problems. They have, uh, uh, the devil has got them every which way but loose. And it may have taken that person a couple years, ten years, to get into the problem they got into. And then if God doesn't get them out of the problem by five o'clock, they're mad at God. Well, the preacher said, I thought this was going to all go away. It will. But sometimes it's going to take some time. Because God's going to need to show you some things. You're going to need to learn some things. Then there's going to be a timing. Uh, You plant the seed and the harvest doesn't come the next day. There's seed, time, and harvest. Now sometimes you get that miracle instantly. And other times and many times it takes time because God is working in you uh, a, a work of character building. Will you trust me? Will you stand strong when things aren't working perfect? Will you bless me or will you curse me when the t- going gets tough? And so uh, all of that, we're working that out. That's why you're here this morning. You're working through all of these things. And I can tell you, uh, in due season, you will have your harvest. When will it happen? When does success happen? Usually when you're ready. Usually when you're ready. And so in the meantime, walk it out. And while you're walking, do some talking. But don't do negative self-talk. Do positive self-talk. Don't remind yourself of the curse, the problem. A man or woman who spends all of their time thinking about the problem has lost sight of the promise. And God wants you promise-oriented. And it is unusual It is unnatural in a sense, but God hasn't called you to be natural. He's called you to be supernatural. To see with the eye of faith. To see beyond the circumstances. And even though you don't understand everything that's coming and how it will all work out in the end, all things will work together for good to those that love the Lord. Do you love the Lord today? Do you walk by faith today? Do you trust in the Word of God today? Then you're heading in the right direction. And even if there's some apprehension and some uncertainty, not a bad thing. But just don't let the uncertainty turn into fear. Let the uncertainty turn into excitement. Father, thank you. You got me on a journey. 
And it's a good journey. Your plans for me are good. You have a future for me. You have a destiny for me. And I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. Trust in the Lord with all my heart and enter into that. Little by little, gradually I'm going to manifest more and more of the blessing and promises of God. So that's why it said that your destiny is not for someone else to manage. All right? It's your destiny, so take charge of it. A lot of people use the the opt-out card, well, God. As if it's God's fault that God is making your life miserable. Yeah, there may be some things God is asking you to change. And you won't change them, and so that's creating the conflict. That's creating the frustration. But it's your destiny to manage, right? It's not someone else's responsibility. Don't fall into the trap of the world that it's somebody else's job to make your life better. Amen. Amen? Amen. All right. And that's a good thing. Because you can grow as fast or as little as you decide. It's your choice. Now you decided because you came in early for prayer and came in early for Torah study. You know what? I'm going to get on fire for God like never before. I'm going to go into my future believing my best is yet to come. I'm going to trust the Lord and His promises more than the problems that are uh, still trying to manifest in my life. The devil might come to steal, kill, and destroy, but in the name of Jesus, I rebuke the devil and I release a blessed life, an abundant life, and I give God all the glory and praise. One of my favorite rabbis to read is Rabbi Jonathan Sachs. He's uh, the late great rabbi from England, the chief rabbi of England. He uh, went home to heaven. And he explains in this uh, essay that he wrote called Abraham's Journeys, Abraham's Journey of Four Dimensions. And he says these words, I want to share them with you. Leave behind all that makes human beings predictable, unfree, and delimited. Man, that's a mouthful. In other words, we got to have a new way of thinking, folks. When you get born again and you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, there are massive new changes and possibilities for you. But the reason why is we haven't taken on, we're not experiencing a lot, we haven't taken on Abraham's DNA. There is a spiritual DNA that comes from Abraham. And that's called faith. That's believing God despite contrary circumstances. And that is why Paul calls it the good fight of faith. It's a fight. We wrestle not with flesh and blood. We wrestle against powers and principalities that are trying to shipwreck our faith. The devil is trying to do everything he can to stop you and convince you that things are too impossible for God to work in your life. But the devil is a liar. 
And we need to get out of the idea that God puts a ceiling on our life. Leave behind social forces, the familiar pressures, the circumstances of your birth. Abraham's children were summoned to be the people that defied the laws of nature because they refused to be defined as products of nature. I love Rabbi Sachs. He's speaking faith to you and I. Your background as a human being has nothing to do with it anymore in the eyes of God. There is no limit and no boundaries to the doors of blessing and opportunity God will open to somebody who will walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. Amen. God can make your enemies be at peace with you. That's a promise. God will make people that have previously come to stop you to all of a sudden change their tune and all of a sudden a door of opportunity opens for you that no man could ever open. But God saw your faithfulness. God saw your loyalty. God saw your devotion. God responded to your faith. And it was mountain moving faith. And that mountain of resistance, that mountain the devil put in front of you, all of a sudden is cast into the sea and a whole new world of blessing is open to your life. Why? Because you're not a product of nature. You are created in the image and likeness of God and God breathed the breath of life into you. So you have the life of God in you. Do you realize that? You have the life of God in you. And there is nothing that will be impossible. And the rabbi goes on to say that, look, uh, economic, biological, psychological forces will play a part in what goes on in your life. But they don't have to be the defining factor. And this is where people stumble. They think that their education, they think the color of their skin, they've been thinking that it was because I didn't have all the advantages growing up, or it was this or that or the other thing, and all of a sudden that becomes your defining thing? Uh Uh-uh. I'm defined by the Word of the living God. I am a blood-bought child of the King. I have been redeemed. I have been saved and delivered from the hand of the enemy and I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. How many of you would say that with me today? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That means you can rise above anything. You, you can become anyone you want. You can, your destiny is unwritten in a sense. All we need is some determination, some imagination, some discipline, some courage, some faith to rise above some of those things. Abraham did. All those heroes of faith uh, through all the generations and all the ages, that great cloud of witnesses, they did. And you and I as children of Abraham, we will too. Turn and tell somebody we're going to rise above it all.
This is all part of the deal of being a new creation. God gives us a new set of goals, a new set of desires, a new vision, new purpose. We're pursuing new things now. Amen. Amen. And that means that our potential is unlimited. You have unlimited potential. You have the power of the living God inside of you. You and I have unlimited. God help us to live our lives as we have unlimited potential. Don't let us settle for mediocre. It's the worst kind of ochre. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 25, Whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. This is what Abraham's going through. God shows up, gives him a burning bush experience, a revelation, a rhema word. He still has to respond. He can respond uh, uh, poorly or he can respond wisely. He can, he can uh, uh, lose his life to the Lord and save it. Or he can save his life and lose all that destiny. That's a decision people go through even as Christians. How far am I willing to go with God? No, I want to save that part for me. This is mine. This is mine. Mine. It's my precious The word life, to save, he wants to save his life, that word uh, means, it's the word psyche. Those who want to save their psyche, and it refers to our mind, our thoughts, our emotions, our will. And Jesus is saying, I'm trying to get you to see a revelation that's supernatural, that all the experiences that you want, the the blessing that you desire, the goodness that you're looking for, can only come if you'll detach yourself from your past. And all of those ungodly influences, those personal opinions, those bad attitudes, those wrong affections, those bad relationships, all the things that you had before you got born again need to be relooked at. Maybe this ain't healthy for me like I thought. I was having a good time over there, but the Lord is saying, you ain't seen a good time. You're sacrificing the high life for the low life, and you don't even know it. Amen. So the Lord's calling us to examine those so we don't lose our soul. Amen. Right? What does it profit a man to go after all that the world has to offer and end up in the process losing his or her own soul? And here's the thing in that scripture I shared, Jesus also talks about taking up your cross. And this is kind of where we want the church-friendly message. We don't want to hear that there's sometimes in our journey with Christ, there can be some uh, agonizing experiences. 
we can go through some things that make us feel agony and pain and suffering. And instead of blaming God, we need to say, God, whatever I have to do to change and transform, speak to me about that. Help me to make the right decisions so that I can go from agony to the ecstasy. Not the drug. Ephesians 4 Verse 21 teaches about this. It says, If you've really heard His voice and learned from Him the truths concerning Himself, then throw off your old evil nature. The old you that was a partner in your evil ways, rotten through and through, full of lust and shame. Now your attitudes and thoughts must all be consistently changing for the better. Yes, you must be a new and different person, as if like that's a bad deal. (laughs) Yes, you must be a new and different person, holy and good. Clothe yourself with this new nature. So, What God is saying is your destiny isn't what you're leaving behind. That's that's not your destiny. Stop living life in the rearview mirror, God is saying. It's what's in front of you. Focus on what's in front of you. Focus on the promises of God. I'm going to take you away from all of this negativity before you were born again. And I'm going to give you a world full of unlimited possibilities. Focus on that. Build up your faith in that area with spiritual vision, with spiritual hope, with a love for your future, not for your past. That takes courage. God, give us courage. That takes some boldness. It takes, as they say in Yiddish, in in the Jewish culture says, it takes chutzpah. (laughs) But how many of you would raise your hand today and say, giving my life over to God and living a life of faith and trust in the Lord, it's all been worth it. It was a risk worth taking. Amen. Amen. I was reading this, uh, uh, some of these quotes, and this one really jumped out uh, from Dennis Waitley. Uh, I don't know if you know the motivational speaker, Dennis Waitley. He's done work with Olympic athletes, and Olympic athletes change the way that they think about their performance and about their training and about their lifestyle and they they harness all of their thoughts and ideas and beliefs in a very synchronized way and they focus on uh, what it takes to win the gold. And so he, uh, this uh, gentleman says, life is inherently risky. There is only one big risk you should avoid at all costs. There's only one big risk you should avoid at all costs, and that is the risk of doing nothing. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so we're learning that lesson, aren't we? 
That's why we are hungry for the Word. Jesus said those that hunger and thirst will be filled. You are a believer. You are transitioning from just being a believer into being a disciple, into one that is disciplined in focusing on the right things so you can get to where you want to go. More blessing, more abundant life, more influence in your life, more quality of life, less sickness, less poverty, less sorrow, less depression, less of the things that the world and the devil are trying to dish out, and more victory, more more joy, more peace, more prosperity, more blessing is coming your way. But you've got to risk some things. You've got to risk the old way of doing it. And start learning some new things. Amen? See, it's one thing to dream and talk about your destiny. But it's another thing to make godly decisions that lead you down the path to fulfilling your destiny. Right? And so that's where the risk-taking, the right choices come into play. Now let's break this down in the last five minutes a little bit further. God said to Abraham, leave your country. Leave your country, Abraham. What's God saying? He's saying that you have a higher identity than your race or nationality. Take that critical race theory. (laughs) <laughs> I have a higher calling in my life than just where I was born. Amen. Where you were born, the color of your skin in Christ is no longer the number one distinguishing feature about you. Amen. The distinguishing feature about each and every one of us, no matter what color or what background, what nation we were born in, is that we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We believe that the Bible is true and every promise in that Bible is true for me. And whosoever will believe that, it will manifest in your life. Come on, somebody. So, look, no one's saying not be proud of your heritage, your geographical, your national heritage, but don't place that above your spiritual DNA. Put that into priority, right? You're a born-again believer. You're a new creation, and when you go to Ancestry.com, it goes in a different direction now. It goes all the way back to Abraham. All right, And that's what the journey is all about. Discovering more and more and more about what that means. Next it says, leave your relatives. As a believer, you have a new spiritual family now. That's why it's so important to be planted in a church. Not just to say, uh, yeah, I have a, 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 a church I go to. No, my church is, my pastor is, I have and I'm working on developing more church friends, a support network within my church. Yes, your physical family is very important. And you should never abandon your physical family. Never neglect that. But please understand what God is saying, that that's how people get stuck in a rut and never grow spiritually. 
They're still drawing on their family to be the source of their inspiration. And many times that inspiration ain't no good for you because it's non-spiritual. Should you be hanging with the homies? Maybe not. Because peer pressure happens. Old habits uh, get resurrected. So you have to keep some emotional distance. Right? Doesn't mean you don't celebrate with them and love them and text them and talk to them. But you're doing it from uh, the basis that I'm a blood-bought believer and I believe in certain things and I'm not ashamed of the gospel and I'm willing to convey some of that. And if you don't feel me on that, then what do we got going here? Romans 12, 2 says, and I'll paraphrase this, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Right? So that's all describing this leaving, renewing the mind. Finally, it says, leaving our Father's house. It's the last thing on the list. It doesn't mean to dishonor your parents. But it's a call to serve God as your Father in heaven. And His word as Father in heaven is, has even more authority than any other word, even mom and dad. But it doesn't mean that uh, you're trying to intentionally sabotage the relationship. It just means you're prioritizing. My first allegiance is my heavenly Father. Mom, Dad, you got to respect that. Amen. Amen. And I respect you and love you, Mom and Dad. So, look, honor your father and mother, but if you've burned any bridges in that relationship, pray that God will redeem that and restore that and help uh, all your family, your mom, your dad, your uh, brothers and sisters and nieces and nephews, and co- that they would all come to know Jesus as Lord. Amen. Amen. And then the promise will be activated that everyone, just as Jesus in Matthew 19, everyone who has left houses, or brothers or sisters, or father or mother, or wife or children, or lands, for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold blessing and inherit eternal life. Boom. How many of you claim that promise of a hundredfold return? Because you've done some of this, right? You, you've acted like Abraham, right? You've left some things behind, right? And Jesus is saying, because you've done that, claim the hundredfold return. Begin today. Father, thank you that there is a hundredfold blessing, an optimum return coming into my life, spirit, soul, and body, physically, spiritually, financially, that hundredfold return is coming into my life, and it's leading me into eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, if you receive that today, give the Lord a big praise. We love you. God bless you. Have a great morning.